Hello Scarlets and welcome to this October episode of Scarlets Web. I'm trialling Scarlets because there has been an entire debate about whether or not ladies is an offensive term as we are of the Women's Institute and we are women. Personally I would never begin anything I am saying with women because it sounds odd. Possibly women of the Institute. I don't know, let me know what you think. Here we are already, although I'm not sure how we have got here, so quickly into autumn or the season of the fall of the leaf. Because did you know that although we all think of the word as being an American word, up until recently, and I mean the 17th century, the word was widespread in England and was a shortening of the phrase fall of the leaf. Seems like quite a mouthful, but perhaps you should bring it back into circulation. So happy fall of the leaf to all of you. Just to finish off the thought, the word autumn actually entered the language from the French word autumn and came into common usage in the 18th century. Here we are in three lock, tier three of lockdown, and I hope you're all keeping yourselves safe and suitably isolated. It's hard, I know, but the sooner it's done, the sooner we'll all be back to normal. That being said, let's see if I can bring some fun into our lives. So, obviously, I'm going to begin by telling you about a kidnap. Poor old Persephone was kidnapped by Hades and taken to be queen of the underworld. At least there was a bit of an upside to it. Understandably upset by the incident, Persephone's mother, Demeter, who had just happened to be the goddess of the harvest, caused all the crops on earth to die until her very well-connected family made an agreement with Hades that Persephone would only have to remain in Hades as queen for half of the year, autumn and winter, when her mother was very sad and everything dies, and for the other two seasons, spring and summer, she's allowed back onto the earth. So, for those of you who don't like the cold and dark of autumn and winter, think of poor Persephone. I haven't needed my diary much in 2020, but here's a date for yours. Usually, the autumn equinox falls on either the 22nd or 23rd of September, but not always. As you can tell from leap years, the calendar is not quite symmetrical, and so the equinox sometimes falls on the 24th of September. This last happened in 1931, and will next happen in 2003. So a date for your diaries there. And for my final autumnal interesting facts, did you know that a study from the Journal of Aging Research has found that babies born during the autumn months are more likely to live to 100 than those born during the rest of the year? The study found that 30% of US centenarians born during 1980, during, sorry, 1880 to 1895 were born in the autumn months. It's not giving you much of a head start, but every little counts. I hope you've all managed to find something of interest on either WI Wanderers, the courses Lancashire Federation are putting on, or Denman. There are talks, crafts and cookery courses, so something for everyone, hopefully. And our own dabble into hosting on WI Wanderers was very successful. And thank you to all of you who turned out to support us. And next, for your listening delight, and which I thought might make you smile a little bit, I have a story by Letitia Blacklock called Yes, Dear. And I've actually just realised that Letitia Blacklock is a character from Agatha Christie's A Murder is Announced, which is a small world. Horace was seated in the cellar, staring at a curtain draped across the far corner of this dark and dismal room. Madame Stella was sitting next to him. 
The curtain was semi-transparent and made of a gauze not unlike that which a mortician might use to fashion a shroud. A glow, as green as the mould on the walls of a long-forgotten and rotting mausoleum, illuminated the shroud and the silent corner. From beneath the curtain crept a cold vapour that clung to the fort like a cemetery mist. Madame Stella sat back in her chair and the seance began. Horace heard Madame Stella giving a long and tormented groan like a disturbed spirit wrenched from the corrupt earth. Horace looked at her mouth, slowly falling open like the gapes of a corpse after rigor mortis had passed. Her rising arm swirled, the cloying mist and a long finger looking as if it belonged to an ancient corpse pointed towards the secret corner. She said, Oh, great spirit of the darkness, we who are unworthy of your presence beg you, speak to us, please. A voice speaking from the gates of Hades boomed, chasing every spider from the flaking lime-washed walls back into their fly traps and said, I am the keeper of the place of the dead. There is only one recently come who wishes to speak to Horace. Horace almost leapt from his chair at hearing a familiar voice from behind the curtain call his name. It sounded like Myrtle, his recently deceased wife, but he could not be certain. Horace, can you hear me? With an uncertain voice, Horace replied, Yes, dear, I can hear you. Myrtle wailed. Oh, Horace, it's so terrible here. Please help me. Madame Stella, still in a trance and sounding sympathetic, said, Horace, all is not well with Myrtle. My spirit guide has led me to a churchyard. I see Myrtle standing amongst the gravestones. I see the mist rolling and tumbling between the tombs like the sea of phantoms disturbed by the beds of black mahogany coffin wood. I can see the agents of the beast. They are trying to pull Myrtle down into the darkness. I can hear the wind sighing through the willows, weeping for your dear Myrtle. Madame Stella, almost pleading, said, That is where Myrtle is, Horace. It's an awful place. We must help her, Horace, before it's too late. Pointing at the shrouded corner, Madame Stella said, I have called Myrtle to you, Horace. Look. Horace saw a silhouette appear behind the curtain. He said, Myrtle, dear, are you really there? Myrtle, sounding tearful, replied, Yes, Horace, it's me. I cannot cross over to my rest. An evil force is holding me back. This is a hideous place, a charnel house. Oh, Horace, there are demons all about me. I can hear people wailing in torment. A dread hand grips my heart. Must I suffer this for an eternity? Help me, Horace. Myrtle, my dearest, pleaded Horace, how can I help you? Tell me and I will do it. Do you still love me, Horace? Yes, dear, of course I do. If you still love me, Horace, you must do as Madame Stella tells you. Only she has the power to quell the evil forces and release me. Yes, dear, I will do as Madame Stella wishes. I would gladly give anything, my dear, if only she can give you peace. Do you promise, Horace? Horace whimpered, yes, dear, I promise. I am so afraid, Horace. Only Madame Stella can free me from this place. Give her all she asks. You still have the life insurance money, don't you? Yes, of course, dear. Then give it all to Madame Stella, exclaimed Myrtle. Oh, Horace, I can hear them coming. Help me, help me. Horace began pounding the arms of the chair with both fists, his anguish overwhelming him. No more, he begged, no more. 
He lowered his head. His whole body shook as he began to sob, holding out his hand to his dearest myrtle as a shadow slowly faded. The green glow dimmed. The green vapour turned to a pale grey. Emerging from her trance, Madame Stella slumped to into a chair as though communicating with Myrtle had exhausted her, then warned, Your Myrtle was quite right, Horace. Only I have the power to save her and give her peace. Now, about my fees. Not hearing Horace reply, Madame Stella turned to look at him. The Myrtle impersonator standing behind the curtain, still holding the light dimmer switch in one hand, and the voice distortion microphone in the other heard a blood-curdling scream. Rushing in, she saw Madame Stella looking at Horace. Horace sat quite composed. His eyes gazed at the curtain. He was dead. Madame Stella and the Myrtle imposter heard the curtain rustling. They turned and stared in horror as the green glow slowly reappeared. The emerging mist rushed towards them, swirling in great agitation. They saw two silhouettes behind the curtain. They heard Myrtle's reposeful voice as one silhouette turned to face the other. Horace, I left you for only four weeks and already you have started acting silly in believing all this nonsense. If I had not brought you over to the spirit world immediately, you would have given all our money to that wretched woman. You know very well that we agreed that we were going to leave our money to the grandchildren. As the other silhouette turned to speak, the two conspirators heard Horace reply, Yes, dear, we did, but I... Myrtle was in no mood for excuses. Come with me this instance. Do you hear me, Horace? The glow faded. Madame Stella and her co-conspirator heard the last words Horace would ever utter as he left this world to dwell forever with his dear wife, Myrtle. He said, Yes, dear. I'm sure that will resonate with some of you. So, what happened through October, throughout October in history? On the 18th of October 1922, the BBC was formed, that classic TV channel who gave us Dad's Army and EastEnders. On the 22nd of October 1910, Dr Crippen was convicted of murder, which probably gave the BBC lots of material. And on the 30th of October 1938, War of the Worlds caused mass hysteria when it was first broadcast. And yes, you would have been able to listen to it on the BBC. That's all from me, and I will leave you with this sobering thought. There's nothing like the laughter of a baby, unless it's 1am and you're home on your own. Goodbye for now, Scarlet.